This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome to the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. This is exciting. NBA season's around the corner. There's some NBA news percolating, which gives us an excuse to have Tom Haberstroh, Meadowlark Media, co-host of the Basketball Illuminati podcast, on the program. Give us some wisdom. One of my favorite dudes, Mr. Haberstroh. Hope you had a, had a good summer, buddy. Thanks for being on. Yeah, had a great summer. How about yourself? Amazing, wonderful. Spent a bunch of time with the kids. They go to school tomorrow, which they're bummed about, and I'm thrilled about because I get the house to myself again. Yeah, I'm actually taking the plunge here in a, in a couple weeks. My daughter, believe it or not, is going to be entering kindergarten, and it feels like yesterday I was probably asking you for parental tips on what it's going to be like to be a dad, and here she is jumping into kindergarten. So that's uh, a... <laughs> Big deal here in the Haverstrow household. Dude, that's super awesome. And I will throw out the cliche that you're tired of hearing, but I'm living it, so I'm just going to say it to try to make ease the pain. Don't blink, because then your daughter will be my daughter, and she'll be in eighth grade, and you'll realize she's five years from college. Oh, man, that halfway point of being like closer to college than being born, oh. I'm not ready for that one. <laughs> it's fast, buddy. It's fast. All right, let's, um, let's, let's go from joyous things to dysfunction and toxicity. Toxicity? I can't say the word. Um... We've talked a lot about Kyrie Irving on, on the show, and obviously there's been some question marks, Tom, about where he's going to be. The latest reporting is that the Nets and Kyrie Irving are going to try to make that, that broken marriage work. I just want to start here because I know I, I always say this before you come on and after you're on. I love you look at the game in a really smart and interesting way, and you're one of the, I, I think, and I love our colleagues, but a few NBA reporters whose opinions I can never guess. Your, your perspectives, which are educated and informed, vary maybe from – from the pack often, which I like. What is the value in a vacuum if he plays enough games of Kyrie Irving at this stage of his career? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one that I've struggled with throughout my career is analyzing the value of Kyrie Irving because part of it is how much of Kyrie Irving are you getting? And when you look at Kyrie Irving at this stage of his career, um, the fact that he's 30 years old and he's played 29 games last year, part of it due to his own decision-making. But injuries are certainly a big issue with Kyrie Irving. 54 games played in the year before that and just 20 um, the year before that. He dealt with knee injuries in the finals. We remember with the Cavs. Um, And so going, projecting him going forward, not just from a reliability standpoint on showing up to work, there's questions there, um, but also just the health of his knees and his general health going forward, is he 30 years old or is he more like 34? It goes all the way back to Duke um, when he was injured at Duke and barely played before entering the draft. So he is one of the most injury-riddled superstars, or I'll say stars, in the league. 
And I don't think people talk about that enough because they're so entranced by the fact that he can really dribble very well. And I think when you talk about Kyrie Irving, one-on-one, his handle and his finishing abilities, he is maybe unparalleled in the NBA in terms of that package. I would put Stephen Curry above him, um, me personally. But when you talk about his offensive gifts, they're great but they don't outweigh his defensive liability and his availability liability. And to me, um, I don't consider him a reliable star, an all-star in today's NBA. To me, he's got a great ceiling on the offensive end, but his defensive issues and his locker room issues and his just injury issues, I don't consider him a top 30 NBA player because of those question marks surrounding Kyrie Irving. It's such a, it is just such a it is such a great answer, um, Tom. Just got a little breaking news here from from Shams. Steve Nash, Sean Marks, the owner of the Nets, uh, reportedly met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in L.A. yesterday, and have decided they're going to move forward with a por- partnership according to to this uh, according to this tweet. So. Durant is a net. Kyrie, what you just described, the rosters are constructed, the uncertainty of Ben Simmons. What is the legitimate range of possible outcomes for the Nets? What, what are they entering the season? Well, I still think that anytime we have a big story like this, um, the dysfunction of the Nets is the common denominator. Every time we think that things are on stable ground, Kyrie Irving opts in. It seems like he and Kevin Durant are on the same page and that they want to build together going forward. Then Kevin Durant drops this trade demand, um, and it seems like, wow, things really were not what they seem. And so, yes, we are getting this report from Sham saying that all the parties met together, um, and they're looking forward to going forward um, together. But I really look at this from a a very skeptical point of view, because what we see a lot at this time of the year is teams are waiting in a game of chicken. Who's going to bite first? Who's going to blink first on the sense of who's going to put in that extra draft pick? Who's going to put in that extra rotation piece to get Kevin Durant? And one way to gain leverage in this situation is to say, Hey, everything's good over here. If you're gonna want, Kev- if you're gonna get Kevin Durant, you're gonna have to really pay up and blow us out of the water because right now we're looking to play and everything's fine going forward. We really don't want to move Kevin Durant. We really don't want to move Kyrie Irving. And so for both of those players, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I still don't think that they are gonna be on that roster at season end. I think both of them will be gone, and I think all of this, to me, is posturing by the Brooklyn Nets to say. Look, if you want these guys, you're going to have to add several more assets into that trade package. We're not just going to give away these players for free. Tom, Tom Habershow here on the show. Tom, would you um, would you trade if you were in Memphis? Would, would you be open to Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain as part of a package for for Kevin Durant? I would. I would. Um, you know, especially with Jaron Jackson's injury going forward, Desmond Bain is a really good rotation piece. But if you're going to be able to get Kevin Durant and pair him with John Morant without giving up a bona fide all-star, um, that's an incredible haul for, for the Memphis Grizzlies if they can get, uh, you know, one of the best basketball players ever in a market like Memphis. Um, you just don't get those opportunities. And you might say, hey, like, Desmond Bain, really good up-and-coming role player, um, a guy who can score 20 points a game with efficiency and play hard-nosed defense, a great three-point shooter. 
but he's not Kevin Durant. And he's not the possibility of Kevin Durant. And I would also throw this into the equation is John Morant. Um, if you talk to executives and coaches around the league, they love him as a player, but projecting him going forward, there's a lot of injury risk as we see him with uh, Derek Rose, those similar high velocity, high impact players, young players, they don't tend to age well um, going into the league. So that window of John Morant's prime years might be a little bit shorter than you would think with a, a, a standard star, young star in the league. So if you have the opportunity to get Kevin Durant and maximize that prime, those prime years for John Morant, I think you do it. And if Desmond, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. are the price, I would absolutely make that deal. Tom, Tom Haversow here on the show with excellent timing on a, what's becoming a, a net-centric and news-driven segment here on, on CBS Sports Radio. Tom, let's just let's keep it in Brooklyn. There, there are so many question marks in that organization. And I know I'm going to ask you a question about Ben Simmons that is, is almost, it feels impossible to answer, having been asked it many times myself on various places. But best guess, people you've talked to, what you think, what is Ben Simmons going to be in the NBA in, in six months or 12 months or 18 months? I mean, your guess is as good as mine, Bill. Talking to people around the league, it is a huge question mark. And every time that we think we've come to a place of understanding, um, everything falls apart. Like you thought he was going to come back in for the playoffs and and he was going to show up and play, and he didn't ultimately. And then there was the surgery. Look, back surgeries, as you know, covering this league, are extremely, extremely volatile in terms of those uh, results back from those injuries. You remember Dwight Howard um, when he was with the Lakers, had back surgery and was never really the same, couldn't move nearly the same way. And so Ben Simmons, you have to wonder, is his ability to play above the rim um, as a big, is that going to be mitigated by that back injury? And you saw it with Dwight Howard, um, how much that sapped his bounce and sapped his lateral mobility to the point where at the tail end of his career, he was um, you know, a rotation player, not an all-star. And so do I think Ben Simmons is going to be just a rotation player at this point? No. Um, he's younger. He's got more skill with the ball in his hand. I think he's going to be a really good player. But to me, back surgery is so nerve-wracking when you see that as an analyst. Uh, I want to wait till I see not just his commitment to playing, his mental health aspect, and his ability to show up for his teammates, but I do think that the back surgery is a big problem, and projecting him going forward is a fruitless exercise. We, we just don't know with a player like this. We've never seen this from a player like this. So young and so talented in dealing with all those issues, um, I, I just don't have a good sense of where he's going to be uh, this time next year or even in the next couple months. Talking to Tom Haverstrow from Metal Arc Media, co-host of the Basketball Illuminati podcast. And, Tom, one of the great things about this doing a radio show is when I have work at my other job, I can have really smart people like you on the show and ask you the questions that I have to then wrestle with later. So it's like a it's a really unfair cheat code. I've got to put together a top 100 players in the NBA list for, for my other gig. And I was thinking, I really was, three or four days ago up about putting Steph Curry number one. I was thinking, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a... A homer. I'm not really a Warriors fan, but I just I think he's so incredible. Then Shaq comes out, and as I'm sure you know, said he's the best player on earth. Do you think that's a reasonable a reasonable place to to come down on who the best player in the NBA is right now, Steph Curry, or are we conflating too much his career with who he is right now? Oh, I think it's definitely reasonable. He's the best shooter of all time. He's one of the best scorers of all time. He uh, Finals MVP, sensational performance at his age. Um, anytime you want to have a best player in the NBA discussion, best player on the championship team 
yeah, you've got a really good stake to that claim. However, I would say Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA right now. In his prime, can play both ends elite basketball, and Steph Curry, as good as he was in the finals, um, and as good as he was for the Warriors last season, to me, I think it's 1A Giannis and 1B Stephen Curry. LeBron James, amazing player. Kevin Durant, amazing player. Um, but to me, their availability and their question marks about how available they will be going forward, um, I don't have those same questions with Stephen Curry. So I, I do think that Steph, um, Shaq is on to something here. Um, I think he has a lot of credibility in this space considering – you know, he's giving Stephen Curry a lot of credit at a position that he doesn't play. And typically what we see from these guys, these old timers, is that they pick a guy who plays the same position as them and say, yeah, he's elite. Because it actually makes them look better. It's, it's kind of projecting their own uh, instincts onto that player. And I think when you, when you look at Shaq, um, you know, praising Stephen Curry, there's this other thing that I think is also happening is, I've often said that Steph dominates the game 30 feet away like Shaq. He is Shaq 30 feet away. Um, He warps the floor like Shaq did during the Lakers years and the Magic years where you have so many, you know, five guys keying in on him even when he doesn't have the ball. And that's the same impact that we see with Stephen Curry. He tilts the floor in his favor much like Shaq did. Uh, But you know what? Another player does that almost as well, Giannis Antetokounmpo. To me, two-way elite player. Um, I give him the slight edge going into next season. Mr. Habershow, last one for you. I find myself in, in uncomfortable territory because I would not describe myself as necessarily the, the front of the line of the Doc Rivers fan club, which I don't want to ask you about. I'm not trying to put you in that position, but I, I tend not to be super bullish on, on Doc Rivers' teams, and I find myself extraordinarily tempted to buy into the, the Sixers this year and the idea of a rejuvenated, a renaissance James Harden. Would you like to talk me out of that or, or, or encourage me down this unusual path? Oh, I really like the 76ers going into next season. Um, I still think that Mike D'Antoni might end up with that job at the end of the season just because there's a lot of expectations on James Harden. Uh, he's coming into shape better, apparently. Uh, but I still think that the Houston Rockets East that they have been building um, with two, two new additions in P.J. Tucker um, and Daniel House, those two guys used to play with Mike D'Antoni in Houston and James Harden and Daryl Morey and the CEO of that organization in Philly from Houston. Uh, I still think that there are going to be question marks if things don't go well out of the gate. Um, and you did know notice that Mike D'Antoni was interviewed for the Charlotte Hornets job but did not ultimately get it, so he is still a free agent. So I will say that the 76ers do have a high ceiling this year because of those superstars and James Harden and Joel Embiid, but don't discount the – up-and-coming star in Tyrese Maxey, who actually outscored James Harden as a 21-point scorer in the postseason. He was a much more reliable go-to scorer um, from the wing than James Harden was. So you have this 21-year-old budding star in Tyrese Maxey who can be you know, added into the big three of the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm big on them, especially if they get another elite performance from Tyrese Maxey next year as he turns 22 in the league. Tom Haverstrow, one of the most talented NBA writers, thinkers, podcasters in the country with Meadowlark. As always, buddy, appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, best of luck to your daughter on her first day of kindergarten. That's a big moment. That's exciting. Those are the, those are the days that life is about. Happy for you guys. And, and as always, man, appreciate your time. Thank you, Bill. Anytime. Thank you, buddy. Diesel, can you imagine when, you're, when Will goes to kindergarten? It is a 
That's a big that's a big that's a big moment for Tom. Habershaw's younger than I am too, and so like to hear that he's got a daughter who's going to kindergarten reinforces where I am in my life and the fact my daughter is is about to be in eighth grade, which is just insane to me. D cell, buckle up, buddy. You're gonna blink and Will's gonna be in kindergarten, then he's gonna be in eighth grade, then he's gonna be driving your car, bro. I can't handle the first day of school. I'm not emotionally ready for that. My son, who's fourteen months old, just got promoted yesterday to advance in a different daycare class, and <laughs> I started getting teary eyed. I'm not ready for it. I can't handle it. It is those are hey man, being a dad, those are really, really cool moments. All right, um, we're gonna get into the strand news toward the end of the show. I'll give you my take and my perspective, but let me just say this real quick. I think what, what Tom said, that's why I love having the guy on. He's doing it on his feet, by the way. Tom's going with some nuance here. Duran has agreed, according to Shams, to return to the Nets, right? There's a meeting here where I'm sitting in LA between Nash and Josiah and um the GM who's Sean Marks, whose name I just blanked on for a second, and Kevin Durant and his guy. And the report says, all right, we're, we're, we're going to move forward together. But this is bo- this is a negotiation between two very opposed sides who are each getting something from it. For the Nets, they, as Tom, I think, really in a really smart insight pointed out, they get to drive the price up. If you're Memphis, if you're the Celtics, if you're any of these teams, the Heat, the Suns, who are like, all right, we'll wait it out. We'll wait till Durant doesn't go to training camp. It'll put so much pressure on him. The price will come down. We'll get now. It's like, oh man. And once you start to envision yourself right in a certain way, what's the old expression? I read this the other day. I was so smart. It said, once you fly first class, you never go back. And once, if you're wealthy enough to do it, you fly private. I think it was wild horses can't drag you through a an airport terminal. Well, once you start to envision Kevin Durant in that Memphis blue or that Celtics green as a GM who starts to envision and go to sleep dreaming about your multiple championships you're going to win, it's hard to look at Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. the same way. doesn't mean it's the right read. It's just hard It's hard to do it. I got a buddy, normal guy, who dated uh, literally. I mean, this guy is like a four, and I love him. He's a, on a one to ten. He's a four. He's a four. He dated a 12, and it was awesome for him. And then, you know, they broke up. And it ruined him for like three years because he's like, I, I, yeah, bro, you're going to have to shoot for fives. I mean, we just all, as a three, I know I married a nine, but I got lucky. So I did there. He's like, my wife, what's the show? Let's see what I, oh, just make sure I got that okay. That's what's going to happen here. That's what the Nets get. They get a, they get, a, hopefully, if teams were going to make an offer they wanted, now the pressure comes to, to have them offer it. And for Kevin Durant, I said this all along. Dude was never going to sit out. I don't think, I could be wrong, but I would have bet. I don't know, what's, what's a lot of money to me? I would bet 500 bucks if the odds have been good that he would have played in, in training camp and the start of the season with the Nets because the guy loves the game. Look how criticized people that you can People are, are nuanced, right? I criticized DA earlier. I like the guy a lot. I, real, I really do. And I criticize Kevin Durant sometimes. I respect the hell out of the fact that KD loves basketball. He loves the game. And that is a leverage point for the Nets. He doesn't want to be away from it, right? Like, if you love something, you you, you love it. You, you do. I love D-Cell. He's bum of the week every other week on this show. He really is, right? People are complicated. Kevin Durant's complicated. And, and what, Dur- what Durant gets out of this is the ability to play hoops for a while. I'm with I'm with Haverstroh. I, I don't know if this means that the Nets are going to have Kevin Durant come, come March 1st or April 1st or, or the postseason. I'm not buying that for a second. 
I do think it means they found an accommodation now because if they're stuck together, we've got to pretend like everything's okay. But I think it gives each of them what they want in the short term. The Nets trying to put pressure on teams to see whether Durant's going to be there or not because they need to know. And, and Kevin Durant getting to show up for camp and not come across as a diva. But I think for him it's more just about playing hoops. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Let's do buy or sell next year on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. little breaking news took us long, but we're back, and it's time for a scrumptious, that's D-Cell's description of me, a scrumptious buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, let's jump right into it today, beginning where we always do by talking some NFL. Now, we know that Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin is leaning towards Mitch Trubisky as the week one starter for the regular season, but Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph will get an opportunity to play in Pittsburgh's preseason finale on Sunday with Tomlin saying, quote, This work is weighted differently, and appropriately so. The in-stadium work is significant, and increasingly so with the more stadium exposure you get. So make no mistake, this is a significant game for a lot of people. End quote. Buy or sell Mike Tomlin not officially naming a starting quarterback yet. I'll buy. I mean, buy. That is a, it's not a hodgepodge, but that's a group of guys where I don't think there's a lot of separation and a lot of space, Diesel. And it sounds like they know who they want, and I, I'm rooting for that guy. And I think Trubisky's probably the dude. But 
let's I, I like Tomlin saying let's put some pressure on him. Let's let's simulate as best we can what that environment is like. And I think really what he's not saying, but is clear. Let me just say this is about the starting job and see how these guys respond. That in and of itself is a, is an important level of pressure. All right. Now, speaking of the preseason, this past weekend, the Broncos didn't play most of their starters in Buffalo against the Bills, and it showed as they were demolished 42-15, to leading new head coach Nathaniel Hackett to say, quote, the first thing I would tell the fans is I'm sorry for that game two days ago because that's not what we're looking for, end quote. Fire sell at NFL head coach apologizing for his team's play <laughs> in the preseason. One of you guys can correct me. I'm going to sell. Sell. Am I? It just seems small, doesn't it, Bogish? Or am I being unkind? Um, I wouldn't call it small. I mean, I, I coaches don't have understanding. They don't have patience. They want it to be good no matter who's on the field for all four quarters. Especially, I would think, I was I was a little surprised to see this, but this is a head coach who's never coached a, a, a regular season game before, so I think maybe there was some level of but it embarrassment, feel, maybe? It feels amateur to me. It feels like, like if I'm a guy in that locker room, it's like, wait, the guy's a pilot. It's a preseason game. Half the guys weren't even playing are going to matter. And, like, if you're going to make mistakes, this is the time to make them. Yeah. Yeah, but this is when you – that's how you, like, build a program, right? Like, everybody's accountable, <laughs> whether it's July or December, whether it's your starting quarterback or your fourth-string middle linebacker. By the tone of your voice there, are you not a fan of building a program? No, it just be, – it sometimes becomes overly used. Well, you definitely – I enjoyed that you went to the real disdain – Look, he comes out and he, this is acceptable. Okay, fine. The whole football speak, I'm, I'm angry. But, but apologize to the fans for a preseason. The fans don't care. The Bears won a preseason game a few weeks ago. But, uh, who, who cares? I think it was against the Chiefs. I don't care. It's an illusion. It's a lie. It doesn't matter. All right, Forbes released their NFL franchise value for the 2022 season yesterday, and there was no surprise at the top. The Cowboys were first $8 billion. That's billion with a B, while the Patriots, Rams, Giants, and your Chicago Bears rounded out the top five at just about $6 billion each. Buy or sell being surprised by any franchise in the top five. Buy. I can't believe the Bears are on there, and Bye. I know why. They're in Chicago. They're worth $5 billion? Almost six? They're, I mean, they're terrible. I enjoyed that long pregnant Would you buy... There. So there's a bunch of rich houses down the way from me. If you drive down to the beach, there's this thing called the Strand here in, in Manhattan Beach, all, all on the water. And there's, they're multi-million, they're huge $20 million houses. I understand location, 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 but would you buy a house that's rotten to the core, that's full of termites and rotten wood and... Sink coals and mold because that's the bears. Don't do it. Buy the one next door or four down. No, that's it. No, Bogus was laughing. I thought he was blue gonna- shirts. I just want to be a hockey fan now. That's just all I'm going to do. When you when you've said it too well and I can't add on to it, I'm just going to yell blue shirts and I'll be D cells cue to go to the next question. <laughs> all right, let's get to some baseball here now. Despite the Yankees beating the Mets yesterday, blue shirts. They've still only. <laughs> Sorry. They've still only won five of their last 19 games, yet still hold the eight-game lead in the American League East. Now, we saw over the weekend manager Aaron Boone lose his temper a bit during a, pro, a post-game presser after a loss. we got to play better. 
period. We, and, the, and the great thing is it's right in front of us. It's right here, and we can fix it. Very emphatic pounding of the table there by manager Aaron Boone. Yesterday, general manager Brian Cashman came out in support of Boone and his team saying, quote, I believe strongly in them, and I think they are still capable of everything we've ever hoped and dreamed, but we have to weather the storm first and foremost, end quote. Buy or sell being concerned about the New York Yankees as we get closer to October. I'm concerned about Cashman's use of cliches and hopes and dreams. <laughs> Seemed a little over the top. Did he play air supply in the background when he was, when he was talking about it? Um, am I, I'm sorry, what's the question? I got caught Are up you concerned his... about the Yankees? I mean, yeah, by a little bit. Bye. I mean, what are they? Are they eight and a half games or eight games up right now? Eight games so, up in the American League East. On Tampa? On Toronto, right I believe. Toronto? Okay. They're both in that mix, right? But it's like, it, yeah, they have an eight-game lead. If, if they go on to win the division, what's that celebration like? I mean, they dominated the American League for the majority of this season, and they're limping to the finish line. I think momentum matters, and I think it's significant. But if there's any team that could just stumble their way and fall face first in the postseason and dust themselves off and just beat the living crap out of the, I don't know, the Twins or whoever, it, it is the Yankees. Well, they also have an entire month to fix this. I mean, and they still have... You know, what is this, eight days of August? It's not like the playoffs start this weekend. So that that conversation is a little premature, like limping into the postseason. They're not going to be this mediocre, I can't imagine, for the next six weeks. So to me, like, their problems are still their problems. Like, Stanton can't be trusted health-wise. And what's the depth in their pitching rotation? Because Frankie Montas has been useless if they're trading for him at the deadline. So they still, to me, can't beat the Astros. And that's all that matters. Yeah, bogus. Go after the Yankees, buddy. Mm. You got a little fired up there. Mets bogus. can't beat the Braves, so it is what it is. Oh, no, bogus. Don't do that. All right, let's stay with baseball here. Now, on August 2nd, the Milwaukee Brewers were in first place in the NL Central, two games up on the Cardinals. Now, Bill, you're asking, why is August 2nd so significant? Well, that was the MLB trade deadline when the Brewers, of course, traded arguably their best player, closer Josh Hader, to the San Diego Padres. Now, since then, Milwaukee is 8-11, and 11, and they find themselves on the outside looking in at a wild card spot. Pitcher Eric Lauer called out his front office for the trade this week, saying, quote, it didn't send the right message from the upstairs people trying to say, like, we're doing this, and we're trying to put you guys in the best position, and we're trying to win right now with you guys, end quote. Buy or sell the Brewers calling out their front office. Why are you going after the front office? Why are you such a hater? Buy. Oh, <laughs> no! I get it. No, no, I'm back, buddy. Um, I, I, I will buy. I, I, I like the uh, player on front office crime. It, by the way, you just—I mean, I don't even your question in its in its accuracy, its statements, its um, its length, one hundred percent. I told a little bit of a story there. <laughs> paints the picture. I, I mean. Of course you'd be outraged if you're a part of that if you're a part of that clubhouse. Now the counter response is be a professional and deal with it. But 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 still. I get I, I as a fan I'd be mad as hell. Right, right. But but we're now 3 weeks removed from the deadline like you got to get past it. You can't let it linger. Be angry for 48 hours, but let's move on here. I mean it's petty, but but I like grievances. Like I yes, you're, <laughs> you're right. You're right. But I understand that the guy's feeling. Feels betrayed by the 
by the very people who we're supposed to protect and right? put together a winner. That's the job of a front office. All right, let's get to some golf here. Now, over the weekend at the BMW Championship, Rory McIlroy was in no mood to deal with a fan disrupting his round. Now, the fan managed to drop, get this, a remote-controlled golf ball onto the green mm. of the 15th hole. The fan was then driving the ball all around, and McIlroy was visibly annoyed, trying to smack the ball away with his putter. But then, actually, McIlroy was able to pick up the ball, and he threw it into a nearby pond. Buy or sell having an issue with what Rory McIlroy did. Um, I am going to um, sell having an issue. I thought it, I thought it was sell. amazing. Mm. I thought it was wonderful. I like the anger. I like the rage. I like the inner Hulk inside him. I that w- is incredibly obnoxious by the person that did that. Extremely. And I was getting joy and laughter out of Rory trying to smack the ball away with his putter, and he couldn't do so. He was getting very, very upset. I got no problem with what he did. What do you do with that fan, though? Is that fan banned from ever attending a golf? Like You can't do that. Yes. You cannot yes. do that. I don't know how you enforce these, these bans on fans, though. I mean, like, you can't just go, if you scalp, they're going to check every ID at the at every single game. Um, I have a soccer question for you. You ready, Diesel? Always ready for some soccer. Bogus, this is more um, this is more Tom's thing, but you're, you're welcome to, to weigh in. Yeah, no, Tom like. first. Yeah. Um, as you know, Diesel, Man U has had a really difficult time, and they turned to Ajax uh, manager Eric Tenhag to try to turn things around after a brutal couple of, of matches in which the wheels really came off. Um, Ten Hag had the, you know, I think the stones to Ben Ronaldo and Maguire. And what a result yesterday with Man U winning 2-1 against arch-rival Liverpool. Put them ahead of the, in, the, in, the, in the table. Uh, buy or sell that you can explain to me the significance and detail of yesterday's performance. Bye. Oh, good. Huge win really sets them up for what I'm going to say is their postseason. Huge win. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Set themselves up for their postseason. Mm, their mm. postseason. Yep, the yeah. season after the regular season. Right, which just began three games ago. Oh. Yeah. There's also really small detail. Up well, though. Set for the postseason. Yeah. You're yeah. thinking long term. Look, small detail. Small detail. I love what you, what you did there. There's not a postseason in oh, soccer. That too. <laughs> this doesn't exist. Potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> potato, automobile. <laughs> Same things. Uh, did you watch the match at all, Bogus? I did I not. I actually watched it. By the time I got home yesterday, it was basically over. So, and it was already 2 nothing. so I did not bother turning the TV on. Uh, actually, it was 2 nil when you turned the game on. Thank oh, you, Tom. turned the match on, actually, as well. Snap. Two mistakes there. Thank my, you. My, uh, by the way, my, I was watching it because my parents bought my son a basketball hoop that I had to put together. Buyers, oh my, oh, my parents are on a plane. They can't hear. Buy or sell, guys, that it's okay to buy someone a gift for their kids that requires lots of put, you know, um, putting together skills or talking skills, uh, and then they don't actually construct it for you. I'll Wait, I'll sell that. Okay. Sell. I would have bought it's not okay to buy something as significant as a basketball hoop without asking the parents first. Apparently there was, I don't remember it, but apparently there was a conversation. i sure it's me. I just don't remember that conversation. Well. Yeah. So I put the game on 
turned the TV around, opened the doors, and built it outside. And I may have had the over-under on the number of swear words was seven and a half. I'll let you guys guess which way to go. <laughs> now, what are we talking about here? The ones with, like, you can fill the base with, like, water or sand yeah. to weigh it down? Oh, that was fun. Got some weeds? We got, we got it up, and then we realized we didn't have a hose. Okay. <laughs> so Where's you, the hose? It's gone. So did you go yeah. sand, or you, you found water? Um, without permission, we borrowed my neighbor's hose. Okay. And then returned it. Got it. Yeah. You commandeered your neighbor's hose. And yeah. his water, or just his hose? No, my water. My okay. water. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's up. And you've had uh, a sordid relationship with your neighbors. Is this a is this a good neighbor, a bad neighbor? A good neighbor. I get along with everybody. I don't even know what you're... I'm just a... I'm a get-along kind of guy. Good neighbor. Sell. <laughs> Sell. It's a new bit on the show. It's every day. Um, all right. Anything? Oh, I'm sorry. I, did I, I interrupt you? Any more, any more buy or sells? Uh, no, that's it for uh, Tuesday's edition of Buy or Sell. All right. What's going to happen first? Are you going to Are you going to finish Peaky Blinders, or is Bogus going to watch the first episode of House of the Stupid Dragons? I really think I'm going to finish Peaky Blinders. Challenge wow. accepted. Right. Can you understand what they're saying? Half the, I can't understand half of their accent. Their we, Cockney accents. We went subtitle. Oh, you did. We did. It feels like I'm. It's a different language. Yeah, I mean, otherwise I would get maybe two out of every three words. It, we were struggling the That's first couple doing. episodes, so we we went subtitles. It's probably the problem is if, if subtitles are on, all I do is stare at the subtitles and I don't watch the screen. Also fair. Took me a while to get used to that. All right. Uh, let's circle back to Kevin Durant and the news on him after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. It is Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD veterans and their families. Their members are on the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. The St. Louis Cardinals lead all of Major League Baseball and feeling it 99%, having only made 48 airs this season. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union. I, I always marvel... Decel at how well put together that baseball culture is. When you think about the Cardinals, right, you think of when the Brewers play do well. And by the way, the Brewers have been well run for a long time, and the Josh Hader trade, obnoxious to my feelings about how you build a baseball team or protect one, notwithstanding, they've been well run. And the A's have obviously had a lot of success. You can go down the list. But when the Brewers do well, I remember when the Brewers and the Dodgers played each other, and people were like, oh, the Brewers did so well for us, you know, and that's so hard as a small market. You hear, hear that again. Kansas City Royals won several years ago. Maybe I'm missing it. Do you ever hear the Cardinals described as a small market? Because I don't. Never, never. And you, you painted this picture earlier with Yadier Molina getting permission to step away from the team. That made news nowhere. Uh, people weren't talking about that. Nobody cared. The Cardinals handled it properly. Molina yep. handled it properly. If that's a different organization. We're talking about it in a totally different light. 
Tell you what, though, I'll add to that. I agree, and I'll add to that. If that happened with a competitive team or not, and it was handled the right way with the Dodgers or the Yankees or probably the Mets or the Red Sox, I think it would be a story. Also fair. And so it's just double compliment to the Cardinals and to the Brewers, really. The, and the Cardinals have been doing this for, for decades, the Brewers of late. Just the consistency with which they have been able to be successful in a division that has a major market team, my woeful Chicago Cubbies. Uh, Kevin Durant news just came down about an hour ago. In fact, I'll be on CBS Sports HQ in an hour and ten minutes if you want a little little television time talking about it. The report from Shams is that Durant and his his representative and the Nets owner, head coach, and GM got together where I'm sitting here in LA and came to the decision they're gonna they're gonna be in this thing together. They're gonna make it work going forward. The reality, I think, is probably that that is the face they're putting on because it serves each of their interests. And we talked about this when the news broke 30 minutes ago. For Kevin Durant, I really I think the guy loves the game. I think he loves basketball. He he wants to hoop it up, and I think he wants not just because he loves the game, he wants to be out there. He wants to be out there because he doesn't want to fall behind if he gets traded, right? You fall, Training camp, competing against guys who are looking at going for jobs, getting ready for a season is a different kind of physicality. It's a different kind of intensity than it is doing pickup games, even with pros up in Washington State or D.C. where Durant's originally from. So I just think he wants to be sharp. But more than that, I think he loves the game, and that's the benefit he gets. He also gets to look like a guy who's not a diva. That has value if you're trying to ask an organization to trade everything for you. As great as he is, he's still 34 years old. And for the Brooklyn Nets, and credit Tom Haberstroh from Meadowlark, who was on when the news came down, for this initial insight here on this program, it is the Nets saying, maybe pretending, maybe not, but demonstrating that they'll just move forward with Durant. So if you're Memphis, maybe you look at Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain a little differently. Guys, that... Brooklyn won as part of a deal that Memphis did not want to move. If you're the Celtics, maybe it's not just Jalen Brown, who's the big name that you throw into that mix. If you're the Suns, if you're the Heat, if you're the Heat, and again, there's some issues with some of these would-be trades because of the designated rookie extension that Simmons is on all this, all these ins and outs, Donnie. But the gist of it is this allows the Nets to posture as if they are moving on. And if they're moving on, okay, but it also gives them a chance to maybe exact the price they wanted. They had multiple conversations. They asked for a whole bunch from people. You don't do that if you're not willing to trade Kevin Durant. You don't go and spend an hour at a divorce attorney's office if your marriage is in great place, regardless whether or not you change your mind, Brooklyn Nets, to steal from the analogy that D-Cell used for Kyrie Irving earlier in the day. And, and I'm of two minds on, on Kevin Durant. I'm actually not sure the degree to which I would want to invest heavily in him. I understand the idea that if you get him, you're a contender. But you're, that's all you are, at best. You're, you're not a champion. Remember, when, when, the, when, when Kawhi Leonard was clearly going to leave Toronto, the notion was whoever got him were going to be NBA champions. That was set in stone. And Kawhi Leonard, like Kevin Durant, was, was two things was a Finals MVP, former Finals MVP, and, and a, maybe three things, an all-time great, and a guy with an in, a history of injury. You don't, you don't root for it. But Kawhi hasn't been able to stay healthy with the Clippers, and the Clippers have been an afterthought. It doesn't mean it'll happen to Kevin Durant, but it's certainly, I think, an important reminder that it can. And the amount of time Durant has missed over the years, including last season, the fact that he's been 
injury prone might be strong, but certainly not remarkably durable when he was younger. That he's come off that surgery from a little while ago. Look, the guy's not a guarantee to be on the floor, and he is a little bit older. All of that adds up to caution. And so, if I'm the Nets, I'd roll. You have Kevin Durant. You don't have to give up anything. You already gave up everything, right? That's the place where it makes the most sense in a vacuum. Is the Brooklyn Nets? They've got him. They've got a window. They've got an opportunity. They they went all in. That's that's part of the deal. All right. But if you're Memphis or, or you're Boston or you're the Heat or, you're, or the Suns, you're going to have to trade away. You're going to have to trade away a sizable future for an uncertain present. And it's tempting. Maybe it's the right move, but I would have some real skepticism if I was the team trying to go get KD. Not because I'm a KD hater. I'm not. But for the reasons I just I just gave you. And all those teams I just mentioned are contenders, including Memphis. They're contenders right now. Yeah, it makes it easier. I get it. But it also means there's real consequences if you don't pull it off. Uh, fun show, good show, edgy, intense show. That happens. Uh, 855-212-4CBS for tomorrow if you want to call us. And we didn't take a lot of calls today. I apologize. We had a lot to get to. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tom Happer's show. Thank you to Andrew Bogish. Thank you to D-Cell. Thank you. We'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 